Hi there, I'm Jen Hale Christie, and you're listening to Preach Her. This podcast is designed around the reality that many of our churches are shrinking because we haven't created a place where everyone can belong. So if you're seeing that reality in your own church, or you've experienced that and left the church, this podcast is for you. Welcome. One quick note before we jump in. If you haven't already done so, I encourage you to check out and join our Patreon community. It's an awesome way to join me and others in this good work, whether you want to support women preachers and make sure this work continues, or if you want to partner with me and have actual direct input, there are opportunities for you to engage at whatever level feels good for you. So click the link in the show notes and let me know what you think. And a huge shout to Dave, who just joined our Patreon community. Today, we have a special guest preacher, Caitlin Hargrave, my friend from Rochester University in Rochester, Michigan. And normally after the sermon, you would find an interview. Um, But sadly, the recording of that interview has been lost in a digital black hole. Nevertheless, we carry on. Today, may you be encouraged, challenged, and inspired by this word from God crafted and delivered by our friend, Caitlin. Our text today is from Luke 11, 1 through 13. Jesus was praying in a certain place, and after he'd finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray as John taught his disciples. He said to them, when you pray, say, Father, make your name holy, your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread and forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us and lead us away from temptation. And he said to them, suppose one of you has a friend and you go to him at midnight and say to him, friend, lend me three loaves of bread for a friend of mine has arrived and I have nothing to set before him. And he answers from within, do not bother me. The door has already been locked and my children are with me in bed. I cannot get up and give you anything. I tell you, even though he will not get up and give him anything because he is his friend, at least because of his persistence, he will get up and give him whatever he needs. So I say to you, ask and it will be given you. Search and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened for you. For everyone who asks receives and everyone who searches finds. And for everyone who knocks, the door will be opened. Is there anyone among you who, if your child asks for a fish, will give a snake instead of a fish? Or if the child asks for an egg, will give a scorpion? If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? The word of the Lord. I have to admit, when looking at this text over the past week or so, I struggled to find what to say. The Lord's Prayer is something so many people are familiar with, and even if this particular version is shorter than Matthew's, which is a little bit longer, it's still familiar and holds the same ideas. In the text, we see an example of Jesus praying, a disciple asking to be taught how to pray, the prayer itself, where we see an outline of recognition of God's holiness, a desire for the kingdom, and then a request for God's provision, forgiveness, and deliverance. From there, we hear a kind of odd and awkward story about a man asking his friend for bread in the middle of the night, and then the well-known ask, seek, and knock bit. 
how do I say something worth saying when I can't help but hear the Lord's Prayer in the old King James Version I learned as a kid, or get hung up on the imagery of a man piled in bed with all his children? I'm thinking old Mother Hubbard style. And then hear the Seek Ye First song playing in my head. If you ever went to summer camp or grew up in the church, this is probably a song you are familiar with. Where do I start? What is there to say? Well, perhaps it is best to start at the beginning. Our text begins with Jesus wrapping up praying on his own and then a disciple seemingly quickly jumping in and asking, Lord, teach us to pray as John taught his disciples. As I read this, I'm thinking, yes, I'm with you. Teach us to pray. Wouldn't it be nice to have a specific formula that you could count on? Literally straight from Jesus's mouth, that prayer has to work, right? Well, that's not exactly why the disciple is asking, though it likely would have been why I might have asked the question. It is more likely that John and other rabbis at the time taught their followers specific prayers and that Jesus' disciples wanted the same, to be given a prayer from their teacher. And obviously, prayer is an important part of following God since Jesus himself prays regularly throughout the book of Luke, not to mention at the very beginning of this text, teach us to pray. Jesus immediately answers, when you pray, say, Father, make your name holy, your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread and forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us and lead us away from temptation. This isn't a prayer that evokes emotion through moody words or is overly complex, and yet it gets to the heart of the work of God in the world and in our lives. Make your name holy, your kingdom come. Forgive us, deliver us. Additionally, this isn't an ask just for me. It is a communal us. This is a prayer for God's people, humanity, a gathered people seeking God and asking for the holiness of God to be evident in our actions, the kingdom to be brought into our communities for provision, forgiveness, and deliverance for us. One commentary states that this text treats prayer as a learned experience, not simply a release of feelings. I wonder if the disciples were surprised by this prayer. Or maybe if they weren't surprised by the prayer itself, perhaps they were surprised by the stories following it. First, who asks their friend for bread in the middle of the night? And even if a friend did ask for bread in the wee hours of the morning, if the friend was so urgently asking, wouldn't the one he was asking see the pressing need and comply quickly, especially if it meant going back to sleep? How much more does our God want to give to us? And obviously, a good person isn't going to give a snake instead of a fish or a scorpion instead of an egg. These seem like odd things to compare, but Luke mentions these specifically here to echo back to Luke 10, where the snake and scorpion are mentioned as things to be trampled on and overcome alongside all the power of the enemy. A good parent gives good gifts, not evil or harmful ones. So if we who are evil or who sin and do bad things can give good gifts, how much more can our Father in heaven? And not only can, but wants to give. How much more does our God want to give to us? So I say to you, ask and it will be given you. Search and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened for you. 
For everyone who asks receives, and everyone who searches finds, and for everyone who knocks, the door will be opened. This does not mean that our prayers are all answered like God is a genie in a bottle that we can ask for whatever we want and immediately receive it. I am sure we all know that, even if we would love for it to be the case. And even more, if we do receive an answer, immediate or not, it may not come in the way we might have imagined. So what is it that we will find when we ask, seek, and knock? What is it that our Father is so eagerly wanting to give us? It is the gift of the Holy Spirit. How much more will the Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask? With Pentecost, which is the Christian celebration of the descent of the Holy Spirit on the disciples of Jesus, not being too long ago, this idea of the Holy Spirit as a gift may be fresh on our minds. And whether the specific celebration is something familiar or not, hopefully the Spirit is something that we are working to be attentive to in our lives, though I'll be the first to admit that I sometimes forget. But this gift of the Spirit is a way we are given the answer to our prayers, especially when we look at the format Jesus gave us in his prayer. With the gift of the Spirit, God's holiness is seen and name is made holy through our actions toward others. With the gift of the Spirit, the kingdom is brought to earth little by little when we partner with the work of God in the world. With the gift of the Spirit, we can trust in God's hospitality to provide for us. With the gift of the Spirit, we are forgiven. With the gift of the Spirit, we can forgive. With the gift of the Spirit, we can be delivered from the things that try to capture our attentions. God desires to give us the kingdom. And one of the ways God does that is by the gift of the Spirit working in and through us as we partner with God to bring the kingdom to earth. That's the left out on earth as it is in heaven part that we may be familiar with. By following Jesus's example, we have been empowered to boldly ask for the gift of the Holy Spirit because it is a gift eagerly given and one that will help us bring the kingdom a little closer. When we pray together as a community for God's kingdom to be on earth as it is in heaven, when we share a meal, when we have those hard reconciliatory conversations, when we forgive, when we share in our joys and struggles, we are helping bring the kingdom. We are opening ourselves up to the spirit to work in and through us. This is why we pray. So my prayer for us today is this. Father, make your name holy. and May you be seen and glorified in the fruits of the spirit lived out in us. Your kingdom come here on earth. May we see and act and live into love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control as we partner with you. Give us each day our daily bread, and may we trust in your hospitality and provision for us so that we may share that hospitality and provision with others. And forgive us our sins, for we know we fall short, but we thank you for gifting us the Spirit anyway. And as we are forgiven, may we forgive those who sin against us. Even when it's hard, even when we would rather ignore the other, may we choose to reconcile and forgive. And lead us away from temptation so that our attentions may be on you and your Spirit's work in us and the world around us. For your gift of the Spirit, we thank you. Amen. If today you find yourself on the outside, without a seat at the table or a voice in the conversation, 
may you lean into the truth that you're always welcome in God's community. If you are one who wears the name minister, pastor, elder, shepherd, or are otherwise known as a faith leader, may you extend God's yes to those you might have said no to in the past. May you be emboldened and encouraged to honor the space that God has already created for all. Let's build bigger tables together. If something in you was stirred today, reach out. Hearing from you really does help to shape the future of this podcast. You'll have the greatest impact and opportunities for engagement by joining our Patreon community by clicking that Become a Patron button on our page, patreon.com slash jenhalechristie. And I would love for you to connect with me on Instagram or LinkedIn or Facebook at jenhalechristie. Lastly, you would really help others to connect with this work if you would subscribe and rate and review us on iTunes. That's our show for today. Thank you so much for listening, and I will catch you next time.